Hello, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, episode 32. Welcome to the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Season 6 is all about plans, school plans, organization plans, and how to use those plans to keep you convivial instead of frustrated. That's right, your attitude matters more than the plan itself. But that doesn't mean a good plan won't make a significant difference. If you're getting ready for homeschool planning, or you feel like you're missing something in your plans, I highly recommend Plan Your Year by Pam Barnhill. When you purchase Plan Your Year, you not only get planning forms, the best step-by-step guide out there, and a Facebook support group, you also get several bonus audio sessions, one of which is an hour-long conversation Pam and myself had on overcoming obstacles in our homeschool days. For podcast listeners only, use the discount code CONVIVIAL for 20% off Plan Your Year at planyouryear.net. Planning for real life. It's a new year, and that means time for new goals. It's irresistible. And I don't recommend resisting. I love New Year goals and resolutions, but they can lead to unnecessary discouragement. Sometimes we conclude that because we can never reach and maintain our ideal, then it's the ideal that's bringing us down. We're tempted to stop trying to clean the house, organize the toys, lose the weight, balance the budget, or train the children because we never reach our desired, usually unrealistic, goal. Or if we do, it doesn't last long. However, the primary problem is our own paradigm, not our goal. There's a ditch on both sides of the road, and it's easy to careen between the two. On the one hand, it's much easier to just let life happen and live day by day without planning for the future. We have enough to do without worrying about mission statements and visions and where we want to be in 10 years, much less one year. If our plans never work out the way we want them to, why bother? On the other hand, we see that knowing where we're going helps us make better decisions, so we can plan everything out for the next 10 years to the smallest minutia and break ourselves trying to make those plans come true. Somehow, we have to navigate between the drifting and the rigidity. We can only do this if we embrace the way God made the world. God made the world for a purpose. He made us for a purpose. So if we live as if we had no purpose, no point that we should be working toward, then we're not walking in the truth. Yet God is the one who not only created our purpose, which means it's not ours to make up. He is also the one who holds the future in his hands. We do not. One way to balance both intentional actions and flexible openness is to focus on processes rather than strive for an outcome. Instead of setting checkbox goals, look at your responsibilities and decide on one key change that you could make in that area that would make a huge difference. You do not control other people, circumstances, or the future. You do control your responses to people and to disappointments. You control your actions in a day and your attitude along the way. So focus on what you do control and not what you don't. That doesn't mean the results won't happen, because they probably will. It means you're allowing the space for them to happen, happen bigger, 
happen different, happen better, happen longer. Who knows? This is working and living with an open hand. This is living and working with faithful trust in a good God. Focus on habit building rather than goal reaching, and your abilities to reach goals will be dramatically increased as a side benefit. The truth is that we quickly run out of discipline and willpower. We can't sustain it consistently long term. What we need instead is system and habit. System means making decisions about how you do things up front so that you don't have to consider all your options and make a decision every single time. A habit is an action that no longer takes mental energy to perform. It is an action that has reached automaticity. So what we need to do as we go along is to slowly establish systems for areas of our life that are draining us and then work at them until the system is a habit. It could be anything from making the bed after a shower to hugging the children as they get their breakfast to always putting bills to be paid into an inbox. A system does not have to be impersonal and cold and rigid. It is simply the way we do things here. You bring the life to them. You can bend and change them. But having them reduces the mental effort required to sustain a busy, active household. When you feel overwhelmed with all the details of life, see what decisions you can make up front and then follow through on them until it's habit. Work on one habit at, at a time for a sustained period of time and then add another one. Gradual, steady growth will pay off more than bursts that lead to busts. And now it's time for this season's Clever Curriculum Connection for Latin. Because we're following the classical model of education in our homeschool, we have added Latin to our average days. I have zero background in Latin and only two barely past years of Spanish under my belt. Yet I agree with the principles of classical education so much that I decided we'd take the practice of Latin on trust and see what happened. There are generally three reasons given for studying Latin. One, it helps with vocabulary and thus with high test scores. Two, it helps with logical thinking because it's a grammar study that actually makes sense, unlike English. Three, it is the language of Virgil and much of the literature of Christendom, which we should be trying to read in the original. When my son was nine and had just taken his state-mandated standardized test, he asked me afterward, Mom, what does donor mean? A donor is someone who gives something, I replied. Oh, good, that's what I guessed, he exclaimed, because dono means I give. That vocabulary word had been in a Latin lesson from the previous year. There is something to that first reason for choosing Latin, but I hate to let the state-mandated tests determine my curriculum choices. No, it's actually the second option that got me on board with Latin and that keeps bringing me back to it every time we've fallen off the boat, which has been often. I love grammar and I know how much my own smattering of Spanish helped with my understanding. I am also an Elizabethan history buff, and so I knew that simply translating Latin into English and English into Latin constituted a large part of Queen Elizabeth I's education, and that turned out pretty well for her. So we take a grammar-heavy approach to Latin rather than an immersion approach, which would be nearly impossible for us anyway. But grammar, grammar I can do. 
Find some extra grammar practice pages that work with any Latin program at simplyconvivial.com slash audio. Just choose season six. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating or review in iTunes or Stitcher. And you can also hit the share button and share it on Facebook. At simplyconvivial.com slash audio, you can find all the seasons, the full episode list, and sign up to get an email whenever a new one comes out. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat.